meant to do this earlier, but it kind of fits right along uh, where we're going to go today about uh, what we believe about God's Word. Well, obviously we believe it's very, very important. Um, one thing we do here, as most of you are aware, uh, when we have someone who is baptized, we give them a Bible. Now, maybe this isn't their first Bible, and hopefully it won't be their last. But we like to say, here's a Bible commemorating that day that you gave your life. And we've got a few to give out, but I'm uh, just going to give out one today. Miss Katie Smith was baptized back in December, and the date should be in there for that as well. So I can just look it right in here and say, oh, November, actually 12, 2017. Um, Katie, congratulations. Give her a round of applause. Thank you. Love you, sweetie. <laughs> we were blessed last week uh, after service. Uh, um, young man Jacob Chain was baptized afterwards uh, last Sunday morning. What a victory that is. And we'll have a Bible for him, um, as well as Katie's younger brother Jacob, um, here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I still have my Bible that I got the day I was baptized. And we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, today, though, what should we believe about God's Word? We have a, there we go, good. Remember this song? I know you all do. The B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. And you got to shout it, Bible, right? Uh, back in the 20 years ago, in my early days of ministry, and I was teaching children's church, and I always said, I want, whenever the, we have the kids sing that song, I said, I want you to sing, say Bible so loud that they could hear us out in front. I want the adults out front to know how loud we're shouting Bible. And it would always get the kids right into it. They'd, they'd get fired up about singing that song. And they'd all know how to spell Bible. Fast, uh, rewind a few years before then, when I was uh, about my son's age in fifth grade, had a class spelling bee. And my teacher uh, really thought she was slick, I guess, because I had actually won the class spelling bee the year before. Now, keep in mind, I was in a very, very small town in the middle of nowhere in Illinois. There was only about 12 kids in the class, okay? Uh, but I had been the winner. And believe it or not, I ran my mouth a little bit about that. <laughs> I know that's shocking to some of you. So when fifth grade rolled around, the teacher didn't necessarily want rooting for me. So she gave me the word Bible. Well, I knew this word for sure. We'd sang it in church so many times. I, I knew. I said, B-I-B-L-E. And she said, wrong. Capital B-I-B-L-E. I learned a lesson that day. <laughs> She's right. right. It is capital B, my B-L-E. But what about this Bible? This, this such an important tool of our faith. Something that, that we have. Different versions, perhaps. Maybe every Bible has a different story. I told some of y'all I was going to bring my favorite Bibles out here today. And each one of these has a different story. Hopefully I don't drop them all. That would be a new story to tell. This first one I got back in June 2nd, 1985, Katie. Northridge Christian Church, Los Angeles, California. The day I was baptized. And I still have it. That one means a bunch to me. This one here was given to me. Uh, it's the King James Version. Right? This one was given to me by a good friend of mine, Jim Knopf, who passed away a few years ago. And he, he gave me this Bible a few years before he died. He, he wanted me to have it. And uh, it, it means the world to me that he gave me this Bible. And I, I keep it as dear to my heart. Um, these two Bibles here, 
were given to me by my mom and dad um, when I first started into full-time ministry. And they, they were, they're matching. Now, one of them says Mikey Sweeney right there on the bottom. And they thought, maybe one of these days you'll grow up. And uh, we got one that, with Michael Sweeney on it, too. Now, you can see one of them has been used a lot and one of them not so much. Now, but there's a, there's a story behind this. Now, why, first of all, why two matching ones? Right? Because they wanted me to be able to, in my ministry, be able to know where things were and, and might, might use them for different reasons. Or if one ever wears out, I've got another one and I'll be able to flip through it real quick and, and find it. And that certainly has been the case. But now, if you notice, one is very, very worn out, and one still looks kind of new. This one that is worn out, I've used for funerals now for 12 years. And it's worn out. Hundreds of funerals. This one here is for weddings. Uh, maybe a dozen, right? Maybe, maybe, maybe sign of the times. Maybe nothing to that at all. Maybe I just did a lot of funerals. Uh, but these are the same exact Bible purchased on the same exact day. And then uh, this one that we've been using on uh, Wednesday nights a lot, and it also has my name on it, uh, Mike Sweeney, December 1996. This is a Thompson Chain Reference Bible, New, New International Version. I took it to college with me at Cincinnati Bible College and uh, still use it. There's still a lot of highlights in here. And it's a study Bible, though. The Thompson Chain Reference is a, one, of my, one of my personal favorites. Uh, it kind of helps you go from one scripture to another. So these Bibles, they all have the same word of God in it, do they not? Maybe we have some different versions and maybe we have some different reasons and maybe some are more worn out than others. But the fact is, it's all the word of God. Now, this Wednesday night, here's what I'm encouraging to you. I would love to have you all tell me a story about your Bible at Bible study this Wednesday night. So be thinking about that. Where did you get it? Why do you have it? Who gave it to you? What does it mean to you in your heart? Every one of those that I just said, they all mean something special to me. Just because of certain situations. But you know what means even more is this is the word of God. However, I might have had it. However, I might have received it. Whether it's something on my phone, online, on a tablet, uh, or whether it's the, the, the written word, it all reads the same, does it not? It is the word of God. Folks, we are so blessed to live in a day and age where we have the word of God so easily gotten, so easily received. So right there. And if anybody here doesn't have a Bible, let me know because I'm going to get you one. I'm going to get you one. I think it's good that we have that hard copy. And if anybody doesn't know how and they have a hard copy to read it, let us help you. This word of God becomes the most important thing that we can have in our lives. So then what should we believe? A very important question, I do believe. The Bible is under attack in today's world. You know, is it really the, the word of God? Is maybe which books are a part of it? Or is this story literal? Or did the resurrection really happen? Or did the virgin birth really happen? Of course, we know that we're going to believe everything that's in this good book. As we go forward today, though, we need to understand that it's not about shapes or sizes or, or, or versions or uh, critics' questions. It's about believing in the Word of God. So what do we believe about the Bible? Plain and simple. The Bible is the inspired Word of God. What does that mean to me? It means that God, God didn't reach his hand down and, and write the letters on a page. But through the Spirit, through the inspired 
man, of the Holy Spirit, God wrote this book. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 20 through 21 says, Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiative. No, those prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. <clears throat> that, that sums up so very much right there. So for us to use this book as a divine guide in our lives, it means that we have to believe. So I ask you today, do you believe in the word of God? Do you believe in the Bible? And can we apply it to our lives? Here's some more information about this good book. There's approximately 40 authors. Spanning a period of approximately 1,400 years. With 66 books. So now let's consider how this works. The Bible records God's interactions with man. An example, creation, like we talked about last week. But we can go further now. The flood, um, the exodus, the captivity in Egypt, uh, the kingdom of Israel, prophets, apostles, the birth of a Messiah, his death, his resurrection, his interaction. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and attitudes of the heart. I love this verse. Circle it, write it down, highlight it, write it in your Bible, whatever it is that you want to do today to remember Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Let's read it again. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. It cuts between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and attitudes of the heart. That's the word of God, y'all. That's exciting. I hope that you're excited about that because it certainly excites me. Like, wow, this word is alive. It's powerful in our lives. The NIV version is up there as well right now. It says living and active instead of alive and powerful. Basically meaning the same things, obviously. But whatever you want to write down on your bulletin right now, write it now. To me, alive, powerful, living, active. Yes, that's God's words. And that's the word that I must live my life by. See, prophecy, so much in the Bible about, about prophecy, like, like the scripture's been saying. This is part of God's interaction with man and including God telling things to come through man. Some in their lives right then, or the prophets right then, and some about things to come in our lives. Your lives. This book that is alive, that is powerful, that is living, that is active. It sends us into action. To live for him. Inspires us. It convicts our attitudes. And I have to ask you folks, if you have in your life something right now. That is causing any kind of bad attitude. It's time to look to this. What does the scripture say about having a bad attitude? Look, it, throughout the entire book. Is it not? 
What does the scripture say about revealing that? See, does it, who has ever said, yeah, I've got a bad attitude? Is it, now, maybe, maybe you've had that moment of self-realization where you thought, man, I thought it was everybody else in the entire world, but it's actually me. Has anybody ever had that? Probably all of us have. But sometimes it takes us opening God's good book to realize my focus is wrong. I'm not following the way I should be. I'm not fishing for men the way I should be. I'm not behaving. My actions and my attitude don't match up. That's this good book can reveal that to us. It should convict us of our attitudes of love and joy peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. It should convict us of what matters and what really matters. It should convict us of staying true to God's word. But the only way that it's going to do that is if you read it. So I have to ask you, are you reading your Bible? Is the last verse that you heard in your Bible, from the Bible, the last verse you heard, was it, Seven days ago? Was it Wednesday? Was it just this morning? At Sunday school? What about your own personal study? We can't expect for God's word to really impact our lives if we're only listening to the verses that the preacher is using for a sermon on Sunday morning. We can't expect the word of God to be active and powerful in our lives if we do not apply it into our lives. See, folks, this isn't a country club. This is a church. A church where we come together to worship God, to stay focused on Him, to follow Him. And the only way that we will successfully do that is if we follow God's word. Alive, powerful, living, and active. So then what should I believe about using God's word in my life? About walking in his will? What should I believe about this? I know I believe the Bible. That's step number one. We've got to be able to say, I believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God. I believe it is inerrant. I don't think there's anything that is wrong about this. I believe that it is unchanging. I believe it means the same thing today as it did 2,000 years ago, or a little bit less if you want to be critical about it. I believe this word from front to back, from Genesis to Revelation. I believe the Old Testament. I believe the New Testament. Step one. Now, step two, what can I do to apply it, to use it into my life? We say, I have interest in God. I have interest in God's word. But we also have to be able to say, I need help. I need help. And that help might come from me reading it in my own personal studies. It might come from using a Thompson chain reference. It might come from talking to your preacher or one of your preachers or one of your elders or one of your friends or one of your other fellow Christian church members. Church family. We have to understand that each and every single one of us, whether you're the newest Christian or the oldest Christian, whether you just are here for the first time today, or whether you're one of the elders of our church, whether you're one of the preachers here, or whether you're one of the kids in the back, we've got to be able to understand that this good book is for training every single one of us. There's none of us that are on expert level. 
There's none of us that needs to stop our training right now because we've learned enough. Second Timothy chapter three, verse 16 and 17. Also really good verses. All scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Let's focus on that training in righteousness. Scripture is for training. Are you allowing scripture to train you? Or do you know it all? Time to do some self-evaluation. What about this training, though? Again, can can you really expect to be where you want to be with your faith if if you're not using this tool? If you're not training? What about the Olympics? Has anybody been watching the Olympics? I haven't. I've missed almost all of it. Uh, But in the past, I've enjoyed watching it. And I've... I don't know about the rest of you all, but last time the Winter Olympics was on, I think about eight years ago, there was a curling sensation that hit Cincinnati. Everybody wanted to go sign up at, at, uh, at the ice skating rinks because they're going to have curling. And I think it quickly dropped off, but everybody was excited about it. Did anybody ever watch curling? Because you can kind of get hooked on it, I'm just saying. Some of y'all are shaking your heads like, no, we can't. <laughs> you start watching that, and sometimes it's hard to turn away because you're like, man, can they just maybe get the... Stone into the middle. Can we not beat the Russians this year? I mean, I don't know. Like these guys, though, do you think that they just said, hey, you know what? I want to be a curler and then went over to Korea. No, they trained long and hard. Do you think that they uh, went to curling events, never actually participated but just went to these curling events and watched curling and then thought, now I'm an expert because I've seen it. No, of course, they did not do that. Do you think that these guys, uh, through the puck thing, <laughs> the stone, do you think they threw the stone, hit it into the bullseye one time, and then said, we've got it now. Let's never practice again. Of of course not. Do you think that they said, hey, um, mom and dad were curlers, therefore I am automatically an expert curler? Of course not. They work hard. And yeah, think about these Olympic athletes. These guys aren't full time curlers. They have other things they have to do in their lives, undoubtedly, uh, I think. <coughs> but they train hard. They've done it for years and years and years and years and years to get where they're at. And even if they are to win the gold medal this year and let's cheer them on, the U.S. team. Even if they're to win the gold, do you think they're going to be like, okay, we're done, we're never... No, they're going to continue to practice and try harder and to get better. Folks, if these Olympic curlers can do that, why can't we do it with Scripture? I must believe it and I must be willing to let it work in my life. I must never think I know it all and I must never think that I'm good enough. I must never think that I'm bigger than I am and I must always think that I've got to study and practice and try and train harder. Psalm 119, verses 97 through 112. Just, I'm going to let you read some of that on your own. I'm just going to read verse 105 and 106. But that entire scripture I'd like for you all to read this week on your own. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light 
for my path. Thy word. I've promised it once and I'll promise it again. I will obey your righteous regulations. Think about that scripture. Dwell on it. We all know the, the, the thy word part, don't we? But what about 106? I've promised it once. I'll promise it again. I will obey your righteous regulations. Folks, we got to get better at that. Every single one of us. The writer of this, King David, needed to get better at it. Let that word light your path. Let it, let it be a lamp for your feet. See, what is this scripture telling me right now? Kind of goes back to what we were saying before about who God is and a personal God for us. This lamp for my feet. It let, lets me see where I am. What I'm standing on. Where I'm at in my life. That's what the Word of God can do for you. It can help you to know where you're at. It's personal. It's personal. But it, the scripture went on to say, it, not just a lamp for my feet, but also a light for my path. See, to see where I'm going. My journey. To help me on that journey. Or if I happen to come to a, a fork in the road. It helps me with my direction. Obstacles. Helps me to get around them. So this word of God, this lamp to my feet, lets me know where I am. And it's a very personal spot in my life. But it also helps me to know where I'm going. Or more importantly, where I need to go. So, in conclusion today, what is the scripture going to do? It's going to give us a better understanding of God. And by by allowing us... By allowing it to give us a better understanding of God, hopefully it can help us to have a better understanding of ourselves, our direction, our journey, and to be humble enough to know where we're actually at. Verse 104 said, Your commandments give me understanding. No wonder I hate every false way of life. Your commandments... Give me understanding. So what do you believe about God's word? Do you believe it's the inspired, inerrant word of God? Do you believe it is the way that will light your path and to show you the direction? Do you believe that it's important enough to read it and to train by it? I hope so. Because I can tell you what I believe. I believe... I must obey God's word. I don't want to be on the wrong path. And whenever I find myself going on the wrong path, I know that I got away from God's word. I want to be on that right path. I want his word to be a lamp to my feet. Would you please pray with me? Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for giving us the Bible, your word, how blessed we are, Lord, to live in a time where we have this so easily at our disposal to read, to study, to learn and to train from. Help us to understand the immense, overwhelming importance for every one of us to study this, to learn from it, to read it with an open mind so that we can hear you talk through it. Lord, we're so blessed to have a God that loves us so much that he gave us his word, but even more so that he gave us his son. 
It's like the good book talks about, Lord, your son who came to this earth to die for me. For all of us. Help us to accept him and to prove it in our daily lives. Through our actions and through our attitudes. Lord, help us to never think that we're there and that we've done it all. But instead to constantly seek to study your word. And put your kingdom first. Lord, we thank you so very much for all that you've done for us. Our creator, our sustainer, our redeemer, our friend. We are so unworthy, but Lord, we ask right now, I ask upon a, a blessing upon all those here today. Help us to go and to be strengthened. And to be inspired and encouraged to study your word. So now, Lord, we ask all these things in the most awesome name of Jesus Christ. Amen.